This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. And you are on the drive home with the Royal Daltons. It's good to have your company, Glenn Dalton, with you on your Wednesday afternoon. Now, it is safe to say that uh, an edition of the Royal Daltons rarely goes past where I don't spin one of these ladies' tracks or mention her name. She's got a brand new album out called Eleven on Friday. Heaven help my heart. It's Tina Arena. Hello. Oh, my God. How are you? Really good. How are you? Yeah, honey? very, very good. I've worn my Tina Arena t-shirt in. <laughs> you <People> can, <laughs> I, uh, I bought this at a concert uh, last year and uh, I've never, I'll be honest with you, I've never actually worn it until yeah, today. That's nice. Well, it actually I'll, looks good, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for the moment, Yeah. you know. So, Eleven is out on Friday. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Pretty peaceful. Yeah? Yeah, pretty peaceful, thankfully. I'm um, ready for whatever. Yeah, brilliant. Now, one thing that's very interesting about this album is that your other albums, you've always had a, a pretty long kind of turnaround, four years minimum. Obviously, there was a longer gap between the Just Me album and Reset, uh, Reset mm. but uh, only two years with this one. Are you mm. on a creative role? Yeah, I think you could probably call it that. I was really happy to have taken the break that I did. You know, it gave me an opportunity to zoom out a little bit and concentrate on living. Mm which obviously enables you to write again and give you lots of creative ideas to talk about and so forth, which has definitely been the case. But I realised very quickly that, you know, sort of 11, 12 years between drinks is probably a little bit too long and in today's day and age. And I'm actually really having a nice time. So I just kind of take it as it is, really. Whatever feels right, I go I go for. Yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, had, we had to listen to this album last night, and it's absolutely, there's so many highlights of it. We're going to play some uh, today as a little bit of a treat for some mm. of the Joy listeners. Uh, mm. Probably the first time some of these have been played on radio anywhere in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, absolutely loving it. But one thing that uh, sort of uh, is very interesting is the kind of themes of what you're writing about. What did you draw your inspiration from for the album? I think just life, as I've always really drawn my inspiration thematically from life, you know, and, and observing what, what goes on and how people deal with things or how people don't deal with yeah, <laughs> how sure. people don't deal with things and just feeling a sense of freedom to be able to write about things that I have a very strong feeling about and if anybody interrogates me about it, that I'm actually in a position where I can very comfortably defend what it is that I need to defend. Because it comes know. from a real place. It comes mean? from yeah. a real place and it kind of, it always has. But I think what's different about this record is that the reset gave me a little bit of confidence to be able to come back and not be frightened to, to speak my mind in a world that has become concerningly politically correct. Sure. You know, so it's about me... I guess regaining a bit of my own power as a woman to go, no, I have a voice and, you know, there are things I want to say and talk about. And because I know that 
people will identify with them, in the, the, and I mean that in the humblest of ways. Yeah, I mean, as a listener, I guess a lot of your stuff is very much about relationships, but uh, I guess... Um, They're not necessarily love-based. Yeah, I mean, a lot mm. of the time you write about your relationship with the music industry. You've mm. sort of spoken about that in the past. Mm. Is that something that uh, is underneath some of the relationship-based songs on this album? Perhaps there are moments of it, you know. Yeah, I have a, a pretty strong opinion about the um, what I feel about it and how I fit into the whole scheme of things. Yeah, and no, I've never hidden about it. I'm, I'm, I think I generally, as a human being and as a woman, I struggle with the smoke and mirrors a lot. Sure. You know, and I just kind of find that life today is really about people hiding behind all of that and there's no accountability and no one assumes anything anymore and, and the, the, I mean, the good decisions yeah. and the bad decisions, and, and it's some okay. Some people don't like that. Some people get a bit uh, confronted by someone who kind of is really honest and speaks their mind mm. and, uh, I mean, mm. you've probably experienced yeah, that. Yeah, I sure have. Yeah. I sure have. But, you know, I'm a great believer in in that unless you speak what it is that you feel, I just don't really see the point in moving forwards because I, th- I think that by communicating what it is that you feel, you do move forward, whether somebody shares that opinion or not. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, there's something always to learn in debate and discussion. and We don't do a lot of that in the Australian culture. It is a culture that is very politically correct. And I think that when you are like that, you lose a lot of the beauty and the shine and the, and the shine of spontaneity and thinking about things a little bit outside the box. Yeah. Now, that we've been playing the, uh, the first single... Um, but we're going to play for the first time a song called Unravel Me, which is the mm. opening track. It mm. is epic, uh, anthemic kind of Tina Arena vocals. You're listening to the Royal Daltons on Joy 94.9. You're with the Royal Daltons on Joy 94.9. Glenn Dalton with you on your Wednesday. It's great to have you, and it's great to have you, Tina Arena, live in the studio. Thank you, Glenn. Now, tell me, uh, you've collaborated with some interesting people. Uh, I was away with a f- some friends uh, a little while ago and, uh, you know, whenever, you know, we were just sitting around the room, we'd, you know, kind of put music on and they said to me at the end, they're like, Glenn, if we were to pick your playlist, we would pick uh, Tina Arena, Sia, yeah. um, Kate Miller-Heike yeah. and, uh, and then, you know, some others. Now, uh, Sia you love. You've spoken about how much you love Sia. Mm. But what I was very excited about on this album is the collaboration with People like Kate Miller-Harkey, also mm. Tanya Doko, mm. um, the, uh, John from Evermore. Mm. Um, tell me about particularly Kate Miller-Harkey. God, I love her. A beautiful woman. A beautiful woman with some beautifully poignant things to say. A great perspective, an incredibly healthy brain and an audaciousness that I absolutely love and embrace. You know, I a part of me wishes that I had have been able to have that kind of a relationship with that kind of honesty early on. I wanted to, but there was so much of me that wasn't able to do that, whereas Kate has had that beautiful freedom to be able to do that. And perhaps in doing that, perhaps she's also herself maybe felt that the the great, you know, the Australian public, perhaps the, the generality of it doesn't quite understand that because I don't really know what to do with somebody that is that beautiful and that honest and that spontaneous. But it was really important for me with this record to be able to celebrate a community of fine artists, of fine individuals, whom are all Australian, whom are beautifully creative, whom have something to say. And if I can be the vehicle in enabling them to be able to come to the forefront, well, then that makes me really happy because we've all got something to learn from one another.
Sure. What about you know? John Hume from Evermore? Beautiful man. Yeah. Now, you, you didn't really know him before that, did you? No, I wasn't. Worked? I mean, I'd heard of Evermore and there were a couple of songs, obviously, that I was familiar with because I'd heard them on the radio, but I didn't know a lot about uh, John Hume nor because I did, don't know a lot about music. Funny, funnily enough, <laughs> it's a game I'm in. I don't know how to download. I don't download. You know, I'm just one of those real kind of a little bit closed mm-hmm. to all of that. And um, But still, you know, having said that, I've got a little boy now that kind of sits there and goes, Mum, have you heard this? Have you heard that? And, you know, some things I like and some things I heavily question him to on, you know, what that's, what's that talking about? And he goes, well, um, I don't know, Mum. I said, yeah, well, <laughs> it'd be really nice if you could listen to something that perhaps is talking about something, you know. So, I don't know. I'm just really happy with with the, the, the community in this country. And it was just time to come home and because we've all we all have a connection. Sure. You know, and I might be 40 years in, but I did start somewhere. And I don't forget those beginnings. Yeah, I mean, that's remarkable. 40 years in the industry. You're going to mark that. Is that this year, 40 years in the industry? It sort of starts next year. Yeah, right. Do you have any special plans to mark that? No. No? I'm I'm starting to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you mentioned that you might be touring this album. You're obviously doing Day of the Green with Simply Red uh, Mm. early in the new year. What about Mm. your own shows? Look, I will do one-off shows. I'm not touring as such. You know, touring is is a big, big commitment. And, you know, my last tour was sort of 18, 20 shows and pretty tiring by the end of it. You know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. So I've got to be able to give myself enough time to breathe because I really need to do that. I'm not interested in being on the treadmill. I'm interested in doing work that cements something or that means something as opposed to having to do it. But I will be doing one-off shows. Yeah, brilliant. Now, uh, the album, as we say, comes out on Friday. What are the standout tracks for you? What are your favourites on the album? We'll all no doubt have our favourites. What are yours? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be young to sort of already be Oh, I guess yeah, maybe considering your favorite emerges. You know, what, but I mean to to write and record. I love I really unravel me I love because it's something topically, it's something that, you know, living in, in the world that we do live in today where everything is based on image, people forget what's inside. And that song really does talk about that. You know, you really need to peel through some layers in order to really see the true light of somebody. So I like that very, very, very much. There's another song called When You're Ready, When You're Ready to Leave. It's a, it's a song that, you know, can was basically comes from the premise of domestic violence because domestic violence is something that is huge, really, really um, a big problem in this mm. country. Huge. And for a population Absolutely. of probably not even 23 million, mm-hmm. to have a problem to that kind of extent is a really deep concern. And, of course, that inspires certainly Kate. Kate is very vocal about that. Um, I certainly join her on that. And John as well has done such a beautiful job of treating that track so delicately. It's like a piece of lace. And that story that it talks about is really beautiful. But you need to be prepared for to walk away from something, whatever it be, yeah. whether it's domestic violence or not, whether it's a relationship, relationship a whether, job, it's, whatever. whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, choosing, whatever it may be, it's really important to also understand and to also have a great support network around you before you make that decision so the transition can be a little bit more fluid and perhaps less painful. But the premise of it was domestic violence. Yeah, brilliant. It's uh, certainly a standout track for me as well, as is this next one, which is called Karma. Now, this is uh, written with the guys you wrote, uh, You Set Fire to My Life. Mm, uh, the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings, <laughs> the Swedes from yeah. uh, the Reset album, the lead single yeah. from Reset. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
when I first got this album, the uh, assistant music produ- uh, music director who sent it to me said, oh, my God, you have to listen to Karma. And uh, I was like, no, I'm going to listen to the album in its uh, sequential yeah. order. <laughs> but uh, it certainly did stand out for me. So we're going to have a listen to it now. This is the Royal Dalton. Royal Dalton's on Joy 94.9. Special guest in the studio, Tina Arena. Now, uh, Tina, you, our community, the gay and lesbian community, has absolutely loved you. And um, you've made uh, a number of appearances at our Mardi party, after party um, over the years, um, including last year where you uh, rocked out to You Set Fire to My Life. But mm. I'm interested because uh, in your book you talk about um, when you first sang I Need Your Body at mm. Mardi Gras, that it was kind of like you're coming out. What mm. is that like as a performer singing on the stage at the Mardi Gras after party in front of, I don't know, 20,000 people? Well, you know, it kind of, it doesn't really lose its shine, that's for sure, because it's something that's, you know... Is in, it's an incredible energy. You've done it four times, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. You've got to be really focused for that kind of a show because there is so much high-octane energy in that room. And <laughs> between the heat Everyone the else bodies, is less focused. I'll give you, you know, the I've got to remain unbelievably focused, <laughs> yeah, sure. which kind of suits me fine, really, because it puts me in a position where I'm able to see things very clearly, which I need when yeah. I work. I remember I Need Your Body was particularly interesting because, first of all, the theme of the song was something that everybody in that room could relate to, and I understood. But I guess it was the moment where I'd literally left Tiny Tina behind, and it was the first time the community had ever seen me as a young woman with something to say. You were dressed like a dominatrix, I was you? totally a, a dominatrix. Whip, and whip, you know, wig. Still got the costume? No, I don't have the costume. Can I ask the I've still, I've still got the whip. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's I don't know. It was a beautiful moment. I remember one thing very vividly, though. I remember getting off stage when we'd finished. That the applause was so loud that there was somebody. There was like a coating that went over my ears, and I'd actually gone slightly deaf for a couple of hours because it was not a sound. I'd never been subjected to that frequency before and it was really disconcerting. And whilst I was like, oh, my God, this rare, I didn't quite know how to translate to that kind of reaction. I found it really strange in a way and a part of me almost regressed back to my childhood. The very first time I was on stage as a little girl at my cousin's wedding where I got up to sing You're My World and I remember at the end of that performance, I was like six years old and I remember it vividly and I remember when everybody stood up on their feet with a standing ovation then I didn't quite know what was going on because I was a little, I was a baby and I ran off stage because it just, for me, it just... I didn't, I couldn't quite understand. I think you're the first person in history to (laughs) compare the Mardi Gras after party with the Springvale Town Hall. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hall. Yeah, exactly. It's got a a bit of a difference between the the Horden Pavilion (laughs) and the Springvale Town Hall. They're both fabulous environments. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now, a few questions uh, from some listeners. Um, All the way overseas, Arvin wants to know, will you ever tour Asia? There are talks of Asia, yeah, absolutely. Not as easy to tour kids as everybody would like to be able to think. Um, touring is is uh, is a risky business, very risky business, even if the demand is there. Sure. It's a question of collaborating mm. with the right people, making sure that everything is fine. I'm a perfectionist, and it's not just about going in for the check, because if you don't do a good job, there's no check to collect. So... 
It's about finding the right people to collaborate with, but Asia is not off. You know, I really see that the next few years, hopefully my objective is going around and touring parts of the world who have been so graciously listening for such a long time. I know that there's a lot of people in Asia. I've never exploited the international touring scene and I'm working very hard now to ensure that I can go into these markets and to play and to do my job. Cool. Simon wants to know, would you do an anti-tour, a tour of songs that were unreleased or rarities? Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's a great idea and Mm -hmm. it's certainly been discussed for a long time because there is an interesting body of work there and it's rather varied and... I really sometimes enjoy very much the songs that were never singles because there's something really beautiful about them. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, Reset DVD, Mark wants to know. It's on its way, kids. It's taken a long time, but when you do things a la boutique (laughs) and you don't have an enormous entity of people to do these things, it has been slowly put together in Paris over the last 12 months and it is slow because there is only one man working on it. Wow. And he's doing a good job, so expect to see that early 2016 there will be. And it is a little bit of a DVD with a bit of a difference. So don't expect to see any highfalutin, brilliant (laughs) production, but you will see a lot of beauty and a lot of... I don't know. It's like it's it's pretty humble, really. Yeah, fab. Well, uh, we're loving the new album. Um, all the best with it. Thank um, you, Glenn. You're uh, also about to be inducted into the Aria Hall of Fame. Mm. Congratulations Thank on that. You. Thank Do you know who's you. going to induct you yet? No, we don't. No, but I know, Dad. It'll be someone very special. Brilliant. That well, I know. Yeah, absolutely, and well deserved. You can get and see Tina this Friday at midday at GB Hi-Fi City Store at Flinders uh, at Elizabeth Street. That's uh, kicking off at midday, and also on the Project, uh, one of my favourite shows. Mm, it's a good show. Six thirty on Friday. Yeah, I'll be serving behind the counter at JB Kids. So fabulous. Yeah, don't give me all those credit cards for God's sake. Give me cash. Yeah. I'm an old girl, old yeah. school. Cash, Keep it simple. Cash it... and buying actual CDs. What <laughs> are we? Yeah, it's good. Kicking it's a... back to 1980. That's How what we're doing, e- aren't we? How do you expect to hear good work, you Mm. know, unless people pay for things? There's no budgets to create good work, and that's what people need to understand, you know. If there isn't budgets, there is nothing we can give you, and Lord knows people don't want that. So, you know, that's why I'm an advocate for it. It costs money to produce work. You don't pluck those things out of the air. No, absolutely. Well, uh, make sure you check out Tina's new album. It's all out on Friday. It's called Eleven, the 11th studio album. Tina Rena, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Have a great afternoon, kids. You too. Bye. You can find more Joycast and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.